Welcome to this week's podcast with Daniel Hardy and Jennifer Whitmore. This, we call our podcast Dan and Jen's Healing with Plants, I think, right, Jennifer? I forget. Yes, Natural <laughs> Healing with Plants. <laughs> yes, Natural Healing with Plants. And this week we're going to talk about how to deal with allergies naturally. So how are you doing this week, Jennifer? Pretty good. I think this is an important topic. I know a lot of people are dealing with allergies. Um, mm. This will air in the fall, and so it'll be the opposite allergies that we have going on um, right now. But there's so many people that turn to uh, different allergy medicines, and maybe there's some other things they can do. So I think I'm, I'm excited to be talking about this today. Me too. Yeah. So I'm going to start out with, you know, we 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 talk about poop a lot, which I <laughs> We don't have a poop fetish or anything. It's just one of the things we were taught at school of natural healing. Yes. And one of the things we were taught, if you're having a stuffy nose, Dr. Christopher would give him a bowel cleanse to start because he, he thought that if you were, if you were having a lot of runny noses, things like that, that you were, it was toxicity. So he would open the bowels and he found a lot of times opening the bowels would help mitigate some of the algae problems which i thought was very interesting when i heard about that yeah and i didn't think we were talking about poot today but you're right and so many people are constipated so many people think it's normal to poop you know a couple days a week oh no i would feel horrible (laughs) i can't even imagine (laughs) (laughs) you'd be backed up <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, that is normal. I remember Dr. Schultz talking about um, people that you know didn't go. As a matter of fact, I I think I've always gone probably once a day at least. But um, I think I thought that that was normal. I think I thought that it was normal not you know not to go every day. I didn't realize that you need to go after every large meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that we've just normalized it and we learned to hold it and stuff like that. So we're getting off on a whole nother thing. So talking about allergies, so we need to go. So many people are constipated. Allergies are huge. Some people have so many different allergies. And so maybe number one is they need to get the bowels going. Yes, that's where I would always start. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but a lot of people don't realize that a lot of things in their house might be aggravating their allergies like their bed clothes bed clothes are huge if you don't wash your bed clothes a lot yes i mean dust mites all kinds of things can build up and you sleep on that bed all not long right of course it can bother you can irritate your allergies right Yes. It's making me itch just thinking about it. Yes. So regularly (laughs) washing your sheets, wash your sheets at least once a week, um, just to at least get rid of those mites and wash the mattress cover. Um, Some people vacuum their mattresses, um, flipping your mattresses seasonally, um, things like that. Um, So something else that we do is we do have an air filter because we do have an air conditioner. Our house is closed up most of the time. Like today is going to be in the 90s this is going to be airing in the fall but today it's in the 90s and it's like 90 percent humidity we cannot open our windows um, i know back in the day people did live here without air conditioning but we just don't do that and so we do have air filters so we have room air filters and in, in each room with hepa filters um, that run and we do try to remember to dust those every week change out the charcoal filters 
in those as well. And then when it's not pollen season, we do try to open the windows, air out the house and stuff like that because um, the dust, I'm very sensitive to dust. If my house, if I don't dust regularly, when I do dust, I really, I get headaches and puffy eyes and stuff like that. So I really do have issues with uh, dust. Yeah, me too. This house, we have dogs in the house and they add to the dust problem. So my house filter for the uh, heat pump, I have to change it like every week or two because I have one dog that has really long hair. Oh, and they, yeah. they, it, they, the hair irritates me. I mean, it does cause me to have some problems, but I notice if I keep the filters clean and the bedroom clean, I do a lot better. So yes. that's the one thing a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. You, you know, you think about your environment, you think about pollen from outside, mm -hmm. but the reality is indoor air is some of the most polluted and we're in the house a lot more, a lot, most of us in the house a lot more than we're outside. Right. And so you have to really pay attention to the air quality of your home because it could be really dirty in there and that's, it could be causing a lot of your problems. Yes. Yes. So um, let's talk about what are allergies. So allergies are when your immune system overreacts to something that is typically considered harmless, something that um, really shouldn't bother your body, but for some reason you're reacting to it. So some people have a problem with spring um, when there's flowering, some people with the fall. I used to have a lot of problems in the fall. It was like, for me, the fall was worse than in the spring. Um, and then it depends on what the varieties were, like oak pollen is usually was usually the worst for me. I actually don't have as many issues as, um, as I used to. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with um, your gut health not only, you know, are you moving your bowels, um, but for those of you who don't know, I was diagnosed with autoimmune disease back in 2007, which is um, strongly connected to leaky gut or intestinal, per intestinal permeability. Um, since then, I have found out that I cannot have gluten. And so I've removed gluten. I've recovered. I um, no longer have antibodies and I no longer have the allergies. And so I think that there's so much to do um, with that too, that we have to have a strong intestinal uh, tract to help us ward off um, these things that shouldn't be triggers for us. Interesting. And, you know, your intestinal tract is also directly related to your immunity. So I think that if people's immune systems are in a weakened state where they're going to be more susceptible to develop allergies. Right. Right. And creating that immune response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keeping it at bay. Your body should be able to handle these things and recover. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, what are some herbs that people can use if they do have allergies? One of my favorites is, and a lot of people like it, is nettles. Nettles. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. And I like, um, I like astragalus root. You know, we learned that at the school. Astragalus can help people not mm. react as harshly to their allergies. It helps your immune system. Right. Right. Um, we use echinacea a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're, if someone's having um, a reaction, echinacea is our number one go-to to help calm the system. Ashwagandha um, can also help calm the system as well i like dr christopher's um emucom yeah emucom is uh, really good 
for helping with that too. Yeah, singing nettle is definitely my go-to. And we used to uh, take it, drink a lot of nettle tea um, when pollen starts. So that's in our system as the pollen season goes on. And so in the spring and the fall, that's something that we used to drink quite often. We, have, we haven't been drinking that as much, um, but not only is it high in minerals, it also can really help with uh, seasonal allergies as well. So I, I really do like that one. That's my favorite. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some more, but I usually use these, you know, nettles. The immune yeah, those column. are my go-tos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Uh, I know there's more. I'm kind of going blank this morning on the algae. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have a lot of clients who they insist on taking allergy medicines, um, yeah. nasal sprays. Um, they'll take, oh, well, I'm, my allergies are fine as long as I take my over-the-counter meds every morning. And so I don't think that that's, I don't think that's necessary. I think that there are other things that you can do. And I think that those medicines can cause more problems down the road. I do too. Um, I think those are, you know, the, they're like, um, they just mask your symptoms. I mean, if you're having problems like that, there's something going on. And if you take algae medicine every morning and you feel okay, you're never going to address the root, you know, the root causes. There's always a root cause. One thing that I found very interesting and helpful at the school we went to there's always a root cause to health problem. It might be, it may be difficult to figure it out, mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to be sick. I mean, there's something going on. So, right. We shouldn't be reacting the way we are. Yeah. Right. So, good. I was just going to say, uh, and this is related, but hydration. If you're I'm not thinking hydrated, the same thing. Oh, you're about yes. to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, being dehydrated can aggravate allergies and it can make your uh, the mucus actually can be thicker because it's water can actually help dilute the mucus in the body. Yeah, go ahead, Jennifer. Yeah, well, and caffeine if you're drinking a lot of caffeine that's dehydrating, yeah, and so yeah, hydration is so important. But I was also thinking of another solution is uh, neti pots. Yes, yeah, I love neti pots. Or even just saline spray, um, just something keeping everything moist in the whole sinus area can help a lot. What do you use in your neti pot? Do you use hot water or do you use the herbs in your neti pot? Um, I have used herbs um, if I thought there was a sinus infection or something, but for allergies, yeah. no, but I do use the saline solution. So I'll use yeah. a, just a, a light saline solution to uh, clean it out. So I'll, I'll sterilize the neti pot and then I'll warm up the water because if it's cold, um, that can, it can be kind of painful. Um, so I will warm up the water and make the uh, saline solution and then flush the uh, sinuses. Interesting. Yeah, luckily I haven't had to do that in a long time. Where it used to be something we did quite regularly, so it's it's amazing. That is amazing because mm -hmm. my wife has sinus problems, and we eat plant based and take herbs, but she likes to use her little nasal sprays in the morning. I don't say anything, <laughs> <I'm just> like <laughs> whatever. But uh, but I think maybe it's it could be the dogs, you know. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. 
um, a lot of people is their their pets or their animals, um, and and maybe it's some kind of maybe it's a chemical on something, you know. Yeah. Um, all of our furniture, carpets, all those things off gas. We actually we got we don't have any carpet in our house at all. That was the the first thing. No carpets. Everybody's like, well, don't you want to put rugs down? And you know, rugs can help with sound and stuff. And it does look better if you have a rug, but we don't even have rugs. It's just, it's really easy to clean. It's easy to keep yeah. dust off and it's just important to us. You're right. I, I'm, I'm rugs. If you, even when you vacuum, it doesn't get all the dirt out of a rug. Mm-mm. There's, there's like germ traps, especially if you have animals. Right. Right. And see my bedroom has a rug in it. I mean, it has a carpet and mm-hmm. I want to take it up, but I don't think she does. But I really think that would help a lot because two of our dogs sleep in there on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I can only do so much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dogs I can I have think, a blanket. <laughs> yes, they can. They can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so allergies can vary too. So some people um, have severe allergies. Uh, my youngest child had asthma um, growing up until about age of hmm, six or seven. I think it was the last time she, she had an asthma attack. She's 17 now. Um, but she was even on like Singulair and nebulizers and had nebulizers several times a day. Um, and we moved. And when we moved, she didn't have them anymore. And so it tells me it was the house. There was mold. Like we would clean the house quite regularly because there would be mold in the house. And uh, it's just amazing. And so then we moved to another house and it got so much better. And then we moved here and this is a really old house. We had to do a lot, like the house is nothing like it was when we bought it. We had to do lots of renovations. Um, When we gutted one of the bathrooms, a lot of mold in the walls. And so that was, we moved here in 2012 and her last asthma attack was probably 2013. Um, and I'm betting that it just had something to do with the mold in the house. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And so, and I had to ask the doctor um, if we could go off. I was like, I don't think she needs to take this anymore. And uh, she went off of it. So this child has never, she's 17. She's never been on antibiotic or anything. The only thing she's ever been on was allergy medicine. And so she had her inhaler. She had um, the nebulizer and she was on Singulair for from the time she was like one till she was three. Yeah. Mold illness is often overlooked by doctors now. Mm-hmm. And if you're having, if you're trying everything and you still have problems, I would recommend checking your house for mold because mm-hmm. it can, if it, depending on the type of mold, it can cause severe illness. If you have the, uh, I think it's, they call it toxic black mold. Yes. That can mm-hmm. cause bad problems. Right. And our house is old too. And when we first moved here, we had a closet in the bedroom. It was full of black mold. I don't know if it was a toxic type, mm-hmm. but I had to go in there with these chemicals and kill it all. Yeah. Lots of chemicals. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, y'all just check for mold too. Yes. And then there are people who, um, can go into anaphylactic shock eating ah. certain foods. Uh-huh. And so we haven't talked about that. Um, yes. For that, I uh, only thing I know is is avoidance. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you have any other suggestions for that. 
I really don't, but I was going to bring up food <laughs> because your allergies could be also to food or you could have environmental allergies, but you're eating foods that you're allergic to. So it's going to compound the environmental allergies. So, yes, I mean, and Jennifer, that- you would recommend, a, a, was it a, a diet that elimination diet? Do you An elimination that? diet. Yes, yeah. yes. And so I was going to bring that up. So for me, so I had migraines for forever. Uh, migraines for years and years and years and then um I love peanut butter and jelly like peanut butter and jelly is my favorite I told you I was eating gluten and gluten was a big thing in my life that I did not know which I think is related to my allergies and related to my um autoimmune and stuff like that but I loved peanut butter didn't think it ever caused any problems for me. And apparently I had not eaten it for a while. And for Mother's Day, my kids made me peanut butter cookies and they were so good. And I put them in the freezer and every day I would come home and I would eat a couple of those cookies. And day two, I kind of had a slight headache. Day three, I had a headache and I was like, is it these cookies? And so I stopped eating the cookies um, for a few days. And then, and I had suspected peanut butter a while back. So waited a few days, ate them again, got a headache again. And so then, well, then you don't know what's in the cookie. It was gluten-free. It was egg-free. Um, it was dairy-free. Um, and so then I waited a while and then I ate some peanuts and I got a headache again. So is it the peanuts or peanuts are very, very high in aflatoxin? Um, it's just a mold that grows very easily on peanuts. It's, we used to grow them here on our farm and growing them here and handling them ourselves, they would still develop aflatoxin. I mean, it's just so hard to keep the aflatoxin off of the peanuts. And so they're like, if you do eat peanuts you know, and you buy peanuts, then you do want to make sure you Google and find some that um, have been tested for aflatoxin and make sure that you're buying some that are, that don't have, it's a mold that grows very easily on peanuts. But so I don't know, is my issue peanuts or is it the aflatoxin that grows on peanuts, which is also in coffee as well? Ah, <laughs> yes. And then there's seven, was it? There's seven common food allergies. And I, I'm probably going to miss some of them, but peanuts, mm-hmm. shellfish, dairy, mm-hmm. soy, gluten. I, I can't eggs. remember the Eggs. Yeah, there's Gluten, one dairy, more. Dairy, eggs, peanuts, shellfish. Maybe there's, that's probably. Um, sesame is, but it's not listed as one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Soy. Yeah, we're missing one of them. But yes, probably. there are. Mm-hmm. This is a good place to start if you're having food allergies. Start by limiting those. Yes. But. Yeah. So eliminate them completely and then add them back one at a time for three or four days and look for symptoms, not just everybody looks for just digestive symptoms, um, which is something that I would have thought too, but it can be related to arthritis, um, shoulder pain, knee pain, toe pain. Um, It can be creating inflammation somewhere in your body that you don't notice right away. And so it could be the runny nose. um, It could be migraines. It could be behavior. Um, Gluten is a huge one for behavior. There are some children who they can't behave. They can't sit still. Um, they really struggle with behavior at school and you put them on a gluten-free diet and all of a sudden their behavior is better at school. 
And so sometimes it can be that as well. And so you have to look for different symptoms. Um, If a symptom does occur, inflammation is occurring in the body, you want to take it back out of the diet for three or four days and then test something else and test your other new food. But don't don't try to add too many things back at one time because then you're going to have to take them both back out to test again. So it's much easier. If you take dairy and eggs and soy and peanuts all out, then only do dairy for three days. You don't notice any difference in behavior, whatever. Then after three or four days, then add the next one. But some can be delayed. Allergies can be delayed as well. Um, and so you want to make sure you wait at least three days before adding the next food. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> the way my wife figured out gluten irritate her allergies, it's almost immediate with her. She'll eat wheat and then she'll start like a few hours later, she'll start her her nose will start running and then she'll develop a size infection. <laughs> mm. yeah. So anyway. Yes, it's not her friend. No. <laughs> Me either. If I eat it, I get bloated and I get really tired. Like yeah. oh. and it's yeah. a shame because we talked about it before, but I love wheat, but it oh. doesn't love me and it doesn't love most people. So yes. 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 Well, I hope you found this information helpful and informative. Um, let us know. Let us know if you learned something new today. Let us know if there's something else you would like for us to talk about. And stay tuned for some more exciting episodes where we will explore various aspect, aspects of health and wellness and ways that you can take care of them in a holistic manner and natural methods. So until next time, take care. <laughs>